Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we are diving into a classic, The Art of Public Speaking, by Dale Carnegie and J.B. Essenwine. Regarded as an influential guide on the mastery of oration, this book has been instilling confidence and empowering prospective speakers since 1915. Dale Carnegie, an American writer and lecturer recognized for his profound impact on public speaking and personal development, co-authored this book with J.B. Essenwine, a respected academic and writer in his own right. Together they crafted an accessible and practical guide that has been transforming tentative speech givers into compelling presenters for over a century. The Art of Public Speaking is not just a guide for would-be orators, but a resource for anyone looking to overcome stage fright and augment their influence. This book walks readers through invaluable tips, techniques, and insider knowledge that break down the perceived complexity of public speaking. So, if you've ever dreamt of captivating an audience, or if the mere thought of public speaking sends chills down your spine, tune in as we explore the art of public speaking. Let's conquer those fears and unlock your potential in the world of oration. The Art of Public Speaking Become a Confident, Effective Public Speaker Introduction Embark on a journey to conquer public speaking. The fear of heights, creepy crawlies, and, you guessed it, public speaking. We all have something that sets our nerves on edge. The mere thought of giving a speech in front of an expectant audience might give you more chills than crossing a spider-covered tightrope between towering skyscrapers. But rest assured, public speaking doesn't have to be your Achilles heel. As we delve into this topic, we'll find that public speaking is largely a skill honed through practice. Yes, stepping onto the stage for the first time may make your palms sweat, your heart race. But the only antidote to this discomfort is to dive headfirst into it, to face the fear. Once you've taken that initial leap, the rest feels almost like a downhill ride. Mastering this art of oratory isn't just about finding the right words or perfecting your posture. It's about genuinely connecting with your topic and sharing that connection with your audience. And here, we're about to share a bunch of practical strategies, from managing stage fright to understanding audience dynamics, which will serve to reinforce this connection. As we embark on this journey together, you'll discover why constructing your audience is like setting up a campfire, the surprising common ground between tree anatomy and speech preparation, and what connects a public speaker to a basketball player on the court. Part one, unlock the art of public speaking with practice and learn to tame the fear. Picture learning how to swim. Did you begin by burying yourself in books, soaking up all the theoretical knowledge you could find, and then suiting up, confident and ready to plunge straight into the water? Chances are, that's not how it went. You learned how to navigate the aquatic world by diving in, literally. You probably had your fair share of flailing limbs and water up your nose before you started feeling comfortable in the water. Now, why draw from this memory? Because just like swimming, public speaking is something you can only learn by doing it. 
This means you'll have to dive into the proverbial deep end, and yes, it might be a bit nerve-wracking at first. Even some of the world's greatest orators, including British statesman William Gladstone and American clergyman Henry Ward Beecher, never fully shook off the ghost of stage fright. But remember, the art of public speaking isn't about eradicating fear entirely, but about learning how to wield it to your advantage. Here's a three-step guide to help you harness your fear. First off, immerse yourself completely in your speech's subject matter. A singular focus on the message you're trying to convey leaves little room for unproductive anxieties about your looks or the audience's perception. Let the substance of your speech take precedence, and you'll notice your self-conscious worries fading away. Next, ensure you're adequately prepared. Many public speakers falter because they step onto the stage without ample preparation. When you're underprepared, doubts are bound to crop up as soon as you begin speaking. Avoid this by thoroughly familiarizing yourself with your content, even going as far as memorizing the opening lines of your speech. Lastly, train your mind to expect success. This doesn't mean being overconfident or complacent, but embracing a humble openness to growth and improvement. Let go of your fear-driven anxieties and embrace the possibility of success. Your first few attempts at public speaking may feel like you're floundering in the deep end, but remember, practice makes perfect. Soon enough, you'll find yourself swimming along with ease. Part 2. Evade the monotony trap with emphasis. Imagine yourself as a pianist. Whether you're interpreting your own melodies or those penned by others, there are countless ways to play the music. You have the liberty to play at a faster tempo or a slower one, to play gently or passionately, to play with extravagant flourishes or with controlled discipline. Essentially, there are no rigid rules that govern how music is to be played. This holds true for public speaking as well. There's no one-size-fits-all approach to delivering a successful speech, but first, you need to get a grip on the basics. The universal enemy of both music and public speaking is monotony. Picture attempting to play a Bach piece on a piano with just one key. No matter how much zest or creativity you inject, the monotonous result will still come off as dull. So how do you dodge monotony? Equip your public speaking toolkit with a range of dynamic techniques. The initial step towards delivering an engaging speech is emphasis. Emphasis is about strategically highlighting the focal ideas in your speech, primarily through stressing crucial words. Consider this phrase, destiny is not a matter of chance, it is a matter of choice. What's the best way to deliver these lines? The ideal approach would be to stress the word destiny as it forms the crux of the first line. Follow this up by emphasizing not to denote the negation. The word chance also needs highlighting, especially because it contrasts with the central word in the next sentence, choice. Stressing a word isn't always about raising your voice. If you've been speaking at a high volume, a noteworthy word might be more impactful if whispered. If you've been conversing in a regular voice, that same word might carry more weight if spoken in a deep tone. In fact, Altering your pitch is just one of three tactics to highlight central ideas in your speech. The other two are changing your pace and incorporating strategic pauses. 
In daily conversation, we naturally speed up when sharing exciting news, but slow down when delivering weighty information. Similarly, we often pause for dramatic effect. So consider inserting a pause either immediately before or after a critical word or phrase. Or race through the initial, less significant part of a sentence and then slowly enunciate the crucial concluding words. Some keys to your public speaking piano have been laid out. Now the onus is on you to make them sing. Part 3. Stirring emotions in your audience. The cornerstone of impactful public speaking. Imagine two individuals standing up to speak against slavery in America before the Emancipation Proclamation. The first is a white politician known for his relentless crusade against slavery. The second is an enslaved black mother who has just endured the agony of her child being sold. Who do you think would deliver a more moving speech? Historically, some of the most heart-wrenching speeches have come from enslaved mothers whose lived experiences gave them a poignant authenticity that couldn't be replicated. They might not have had formal training, but they possessed a tool that no amount of study or practice can grant raw, powerful emotion. Our feelings are our life's compass. They guide our actions and choices, from the preference for a soft bed to the instinctive reach for cold water on a sweltering day. These aren't decisions taken after careful, logical deliberation. They just feel right. Speakers must embrace this emotional truth. The ability to elicit an emotional response from your audience, even if fleeting, can be more persuasive than hours of meticulously crafted logical arguments. Consider the example of a New York watchmaker's advertising experiment. He rolled out two campaigns. The first emphasized the watch's features, durability, functionality, and design. The second focused on the pride and pleasure associated with owning the watch, embodied by the tagline, a watch to be proud of. Not surprisingly, the second campaign, centered around emotions, outperformed the first, doubling the sales figures. So how can you weave this emotional thread into your speeches? Let's be honest, it requires effort. Each time you give a speech, you need to fully immerse yourself in the subject. You might ask, what does that mean? Picture yourself as an actor assuming a role. Regardless of the cause you're advocating or the argument you're putting forth, you must embody it. Embrace it so wholly that you wear it like a second skin, and it animates you from within. Many actors practice isolation for hours before a performance. Try a similar tactic. If you manage to transform yourself into your subject, you'll undoubtedly ignite both interest and emotions in your listeners. Part 4. Mastering the Art of Gesture. A blend of authenticity and conscious effort. Have you ever contemplated the state of an ailing apple tree in your garden, its branches bare and lifeless? Would it make any sense to cut off lush branches from your neighbor's magnificent oak tree and affix them to your poor apple tree in hopes of a miraculous transformation? Naturally, one would instantly realize the futility of such an attempt. The outward form of a tree is always a reflection of its inner state. This simple yet profound truth extends to the realm of public speaking, specifically to the act of gesturing. When delivering a speech, your movements and expressions should stem from the genuine emotions stirred within you by the subject matter of your speech. 
gestures that are artificial or over-dramatized will stand out as awkwardly as oak branches on an apple tree. So, while gestures should essentially be the spontaneous offspring of authentic emotions, it doesn't mean they can't be practiced. True, you can't premeditate every single gesture to accompany your speech. Effective gesturing is like an impromptu dance that adapts to the unique rhythm of each speech. A skilled speaker delivering the same speech on multiple occasions will invariably vary their gestures each time. But spontaneous doesn't necessarily mean flawless. In fact, natural gestures can sometimes be clumsy. To refine them, try practicing your speech in front of a mirror, paying keen attention to your movements. Identify any gestures that feel awkward or excessive and adjust them accordingly. Think of gesturing like pronunciation. The more you practice, the more intuitive it becomes. With repeated practice, your gestures will naturally align with your speech, emerging at just the right moments without conscious effort. Remember, though, that excessive movement can divert attention away from your message. Aim to minimize unnecessary gestures. Also, ensure your gestures align with your words in terms of timing. It would seem odd to declare, there he goes, and then, after a brief pause, Point in the direction of the departing person. Don't overlook that facial expressions and body posture also form part of your gestural language. Make sure your posture and facial expressions resonate with the spirit of your speech. Once you've practiced sufficiently, trust in your innate sense of appropriateness. Let your speech's subject guide you, and soon enough, your gestures will hold as much power as your words. Part 5. Pitching your voice to perfection. Health and relaxation are key. Do you see a correlation between a basketball player rushing towards the basket for a slam dunk and a public speaker striving to project their voice across a large auditorium? The common denominator might not be immediately apparent, but here's the connection. They both depend heavily on their cardiovascular fitness. Whether you're sprinting on a court or engaging an audience with your voice, Having robust lungs comes in handy. A hearty, resonating voice thrives on good lungs. This was well illustrated by an accomplished orator who made it a habit to rehearse his speeches while running, ensuring deep breaths that bolstered his lung capacity. But what about those of us who aren't particularly athletic? No need to fret. Here's a simple exercise that not only helps strengthen your lungs, but also trains you to breathe from your diaphragm enabling you to inhale more air. Stand with your hands on your hips. Without moving your hands, try to make your fingers of both hands meet by exhaling completely. Now take a deep breath into your stomach, keeping your shoulders steady. Repeat. However, lung capacity isn't the sole determinant of a strong voice. Relaxation is just as critical. A relaxed, open throat is necessary for your voice to travel across a room don't know how to relax your throat, there are some easy exercises for that. Imagine your waist is a pivot point. Then start moving your upper body in circular motions. As you do this, let your neck relax and your head tilt forward. This helps your throat relax and open up. To widen your throat even further, simulate a yawn. As you do this, you'll notice your throat naturally opens up. Instead of concluding the yawn, try speaking. You'll be surprised by the amplified volume and enhanced richness of your voice. But remember, powerful projection isn't just about volume, it's also about placement. 
Have you ever noticed how you can clearly hear a piece of paper being crumpled on stage, despite the sound being soft? Even a whisper can be audible to everyone if you place your voice correctly. So, how do you do that? Pitch it forward. Try this exercise. Hold your hand in front of your face and say words like crash, dash, whirl, and buzz in a forceful voice. Keep doing this until you can physically feel the sound waves hitting your hand. Part 6. Leveraging Audience Arrangement for Impactful Oration Picture yourself in the great outdoors on a starlit night. You have gathered the dry firewood needed to start a crackling campfire. However, instead of piling the sticks together, you scatter them randomly and strike a match. Sadly, all your attempts to get a fire going in vain because the flame can't travel from one stick to another. Think of this situation as a metaphor for public speaking where the speaker is the match and the influence of the speech, the flame. To ignite a responsive fire within the hearts and minds of your listeners, you need to arrange your audience, much like how you would stack the sticks for fire. Let's put the metaphor aside for a moment and delve deeper into how the arrangement of your audience could bolster the impact of your speech. If you manage to position your audience members in a densely packed cluster, you could transform them into a crowd. A crowd, in essence, is a passive mob, and mobs, according to 19th century social thinker John Ruskin, are susceptible to infection by thought. In other words, if your audience evolves into a crowd, your ideas could spread like a contagious disease. Besides the crowd-creating strategy, you can also unify your listeners by addressing their common interests. Connect with their fears and dreams, their needs and emotions, as they individually realize that their concerns are shared by others in the audience, they'll inevitably become a unified crowd. Are you skeptical about the contagious nature of a crowd's mentality? Take a moment to recall if you've ever attended a concert where the music stops temporarily, a single person starts clapping, and within seconds, the entire audience breaks into thunderous applause, even though it was just an interlude. That's contagion in action. Historical incidents also provide evidence of this contagious effect. Many autocratic regimes, including the Soviet government, were wary of the power of crowd mentality and consequently prohibited people from gathering in public spaces. Why? Because of the fear of contagion. They were apprehensive that anti-government sentiments could spread contagiously among crowds. By harnessing the power to create a unified crowd, you can ensure your public message catches fire and spreads, reigniting our metaphor like a roaring wildfire. Part 7. The Art of Crafting Compelling Arguments. Put them to the test. Let's imagine a king with a particular talent for constructing impregnable fortresses and admirable skill indeed. However, he struggles with a significant shortcoming the inability to defeat his enemy's strongholds. The analogy here is that being able to construct an airtight argument amounts to little if you cannot dismantle opposing arguments. Without the ability to counteract or question the assertions of others, their claims may appear as unquestionable as your own. As a persuasive speaker, you must be adept at both building and demolishing arguments. Inevitably, anyone delivering a speech will encounter challenges to their viewpoints. So, how does one master the art of argumentation? Instead of laying out a set of stringent rules to follow, the author suggests a list of probing questions 
designed to test the strength of any argument. Every argument essentially consists of four parts. The question under discussion, the supporting evidence, the reasoning, and the resulting inferences. Here are eight crucial questions, two for each part, that can help scrutinize any argument. Firstly, for the question under discussion, ask if it's stated clearly and unambiguously. This involves ensuring that all parties involved understand the keywords in the same way. Secondly, probe whether the question is presented fairly. It might either lack sufficient information or be a trap in disguise. Next, with regard to the evidence used in the argument, check which experts have been quoted. Are they neutral and credible? Are their views unbiased, clear and reliable? Furthermore, scrutinize the facts mentioned. Are there enough of them? And do they support or contradict each other? Are they verifiable or disputable? When examining the reasoning in the argument, consider whether the facts provided could lead to a conclusion different from the one being proposed. Additionally, check if all potential counterarguments have been adequately addressed and convincingly dismissed. Finally, in terms of inferences, question whether you might be guilty of a non sequitur, presenting a conclusion that doesn't logically follow from the provided evidence. Also, Ask whether all your pieces of evidence are in harmony with each other. Remember, the goal is not only to construct arguments that can withstand these questions, but also to apply these queries to the arguments of others. With this dual approach, you'll be a formidable figure in the realm of public speaking, as unassailable as that king in his fortress, but with the added power to topple opposing fortifications. Part 8. Invoking Imagination a secret weapon for unforgettable public speaking. Have you ever tried to assemble a puzzle without the picture on the box as a guide? You might eventually piece it together, but it would lack the appeal and context that the picture provides. Similarly, a speech might have all the logical arguments correctly aligned, but if it fails to captivate the audience's imagination, it would be as bland as a puzzle without its box art. That's why you should not underestimate the power of imagination in your public speaking arsenal. One effective way to weave imagination into your speech is through the use of figurative language. Let's suppose the crux of your speech is about the destructive consequences of alcoholism on family life. You could present a pile of statistics and data to your audience, but let's be honest, unless your listeners are data scientists, such a monotone presentation might bore them to sleep. Instead, consider arousing their imagination with a real-life story. Describe a situation where a person returns from a weekend binge, wreaks havoc in his family, shouting at his spouse and abusing his kids. Unlike a dry list of figures and facts, this story will grip your audience and etch a lasting impression in their minds. Another way to invoke your imagination in public speaking is to visualize the upcoming speech. Prior to stepping onto the podium, Mentally picture the progression of your speech. This includes imagining your audience, their responses, both positive and negative. Doing so not only helps in reducing pre-speech jitters, but also equips you to handle potential hiccups. With a vivid image of your audience in mind, mentally run through your speech. Visualize what you intend to say, how you plan to deliver it, and what gestures you might use. By picturing your speech in this manner, 
you're less likely to forget something important and more likely to deliver an impactful presentation. Remember, powerful imagery is the lifeblood of poetry, and good public speakers are, in essence, poets in their own right. By allowing your speeches to unfold in images, you'll ensure that your message leaves a lasting imprint, making each speech as memorable as a beautiful picture on a puzzle box. Final summary. Becoming an engaging public speaker is not a matter of chance, but a result of continuous effort and practice. However, there are certain tools and strategies you can employ to enhance your effectiveness. For instance, maintain a dynamic tone to avoid monotony. Ensure your gestures reflect genuine emotions. Transform your listeners into a collective audience and take care of your cardiovascular health to improve your voice. Additionally, subject your arguments and those of your opposition to rigorous testing and utilize the power of imagery in both preparing and delivering your speeches. Harness these tactics and with persistent practice, you'll become a public speaker who not only informs but also captivates the audience. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then. Happy reading and happy listening.